Hi, and welcome to the Purdue Commercial AgCast, the Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture's podcast featuring farm management news and information. On today's episode, I'm your host, Brady Brewer, and joining me is Michael Langmeyer, uh, Professor and Associate Director of the Center for Commercial Agriculture here in the Department of Agricultural Economics. And also joining me is Jason Henderson, who is the Senior Associate Dean for Extension here at Purdue University in the College of Agriculture and he is also a professor of agricultural economics. Uh, Before we get into today's topic, I want to remind all the listeners, you can find the podcast um, on the Center for Commercial Agriculture's website at purdue.edu backslash commercial ag or any of your major podcast providers. Today's topic is a follow-up to the 2023 Top Farmer Conference, where us three uh, sat on a panel uh, thinking about the where the economy is going and uh, interest rates are going here in 2023 and that impact on agriculture. So with that, welcome Michael and Jason. So Jason, I will start with you. Um, and now at the Top Farmer Conference, you spoke on kind of the general uh, economy and, and some of the Fed policy. So what, what can we expect from the general economy here in 2023? So I think it's going to be some solid growth. Um, here in 2023, we've had um, good numbers here toward the end of the year. We had a strong um, holiday uh, sales, which is always a good indicator heading into it. Um, we're going to have inflation. The Fed is going to be raising interest rates to, to slow the economy and trying to get that slowed down so they can tamp down in inflation. And I think you're going to have it. Uh, the impacts really in the real estate, both um, commercial real estate and in housing, is going to slow uh, a bit in 2023. But right now, consumers. Um, consumer household finances are in a strong position um, and they're spending money uh, where it is, but they're not using debt to do it. So we're in a good financial situation for the households, um, but there's going to consumer spending that 70% of the economy is going to be a solid. So I think we'll have a solid year in 2023. Yeah, there's a lot of mixed signals going on right now. So you mentioned the strong consumer spending, but then you also have slowdowns in the housing market and maybe some of the, the larger assets like uh, the one uh, market I follow pretty closely is the used car market. So there is, you know, a lot of people uh, predicting that there may be a slowdown, but you're a lot more optimistic than than some of the news you may be hearing out there. Right. I think a lot of the predictions on the recession is is how high will the uh, Federal Reserve have to go in their interest rates to to push down inflation and a lot of that triggering and 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 the impact that that has on I would say a lot of the big purchases, um, housing, automobile sales, all those things that have been pointed out of of where things are going is how do you have to tip it into recession the economy to bring inflation down and I think that's the the real question. Um, I guess where my assumption is is that inflation will come down a little bit but it's going to be more of a plateauing. Um, not um, in terms of lower prices, um, and that would, will just take some slowdown going on. And I'm just a big believer in um, consumers or will spend money, and wages are up, and they're going to have money in their pockets, and they're going to spend it um, on that. And that 
is going to be that that demand side is there and it's going to drive um, consumer spending activity in, in different ways. Now, you mentioned the Federal Reserve, and, and people may not know this about you, but you worked for the Federal Reserve for a little while. And I know at the Top Farmer Conference, you talked a little bit about uh, where you think Fed policy is headed as it relates to some of the debt. And you mentioned the interest rates. Interest rates affects the debt of the federal government. So um, what insights do you have there of, of what may be coming down the pipe in terms of Fed policy here over the next year? Right. So I think that it's going to be one of the things that it's going to be data-driven, data-dependent of what the economy goes. I think from the Fed policy standpoint, they're going to have higher higher interest rates and to, to bring down inflation. Um, they, um, when I was in there, the whole thing from their standpoint is um, slow and steady wins the race, right? They do not want to have a lot of knee-jerk reactions on this, but they do want to have a lot of communication, giving people a lot of um, insight of where they want to go. This inflation was a bit of a surprise on how high it's been and how persistent it's been. They've responded because it's data-driven. That might not have been what their most preferred outcome will be, but they will make those decisions. So I think going forward, they will um, do things to bring to try um, bring down inflation by um, pulling some money out of the economy through higher interest rates. And that'll, that'll be what they'll want to do. Um, but they would like to get it to where slow and steady, I think, wins uh, um, is a much preferred outcome in the future. So you mentioned interest rates. So I guess now I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about where interest rates are going. And one of the big things I talked about at the conference was thinking about, you know, interest rates are on the way up. This is, as, as Jason just said, uh, you know, not news to anyone out there listening. Uh, but, you know, the one thing I want to say is, you know, historically, you know, e even with outside of the 1980s, we're, the interest rate environment and the latest data we have is the third quarter of, of 2022. We don't have uh, the, the fourth quarter, so where we ended in December 2022 quite yet, that data. Uh, but where we were at the end of 2022 was, you know, was relatively where we were about five or six years ago. So, you know, we're not even looking at the highest interest rates we've seen over the last decade. Now, certainly they're on the way up. And I think the question of the day is how high will they go as the Fed continues to respond uh, to inflation? But if you're looking at farm operating notes, you know, think about short term production loans, uh, the two. Federal Reserve districts that serve Indiana, the Chicago and the St. Louis. Uh, we ended, you know, in in the fall. Uh, Chicago is right at six and a half percent, and the St. Louis district, which is the southern half of Indiana, uh, was right at six percent for operating notes. Uh, if you look at thirty-year fixed mortgages. Um, the Chicago district here in Indiana ended right at 6.1%, uh, and the St. Louis, which again is the, the southern part of Indiana, was right at 5.95%. So, you know, to put this in perspective, the first quarter of 2019, so, you know, four or five years ago, uh, this 30-year fixed mortgage rate for the St. Louis uh, district uh, was at 6.1%. 6.14% for uh, quarter one of 2019. So we're still below where we were in, in 2019. Um, as, you know, Jason said, I, I think thinking about where Fed's going to go for their interest rate is, is key here because we know they're on the way up. So if you look at what I, you know, we've mentioned this on several other podcasts that uh, we've done thinking about interest rates, the Fed dot plot, uh, the FOMC, the Federal Open Market Committee, thinks 
as of their December uh, 2022 uh, meeting, where they released their summary of economic conditions, they expect the Fed funds rate to go up about another 100 basis points uh, here in 2023. So that would be about another percentage increase uh, in the Fed's funds rate, which is the rate that they charge the banks here in, in the U.S. Now, agriculture is not going to be a one-for-one -one adjustment. Um, ag tends to be a little less correlated with the Fed's funds rate just because ag banks have a different source of funds, uh, especially when you think about the farm credit system uh, than, the, than you know, more general uh, the banks that serve the more general uh, economic sectors, but it's still going to have an impact on what the farm interest rates uh, you see across across the Midwest. So, Michael, I'm going to turn to you. I know you spoke a little bit at the Top Farmer Conference about interest rates. Um, where where, uh, where do you think interest rates are going? Yeah, before I get into that, I want to talk a little bit about one of the survey questions from the recent Ag Economy Barometer. Uh, when we had, when we looked at the Ag Economy Barometer in December of 2022, uh, we asked producers about their biggest concern, and they identified two things. Uh, one was input costs, and one was interest rates. Obviously, they're both related to inputs. And so, uh, you know, when you look at input costs, uh, there is upward pressure on in input costs already, but uh, uh, even without considering interest, uh, it looks like a break-even price. Prices for corn and soybeans uh, could be 5% higher in 23 compared to 22, and of course 22 was substantially higher compared to 21. Uh, let's focus on interest rates. Uh, one of the things I, I talked about in the top farmer that I want to emphasize again today is in 2007, when you're looking at the Fed funds rate, which is a rate that the uh, that the Federal Reserve System uh, talks a lot about, uh, it was it was over 5% in 2007, uh, and then it dropped substantially uh, in response to the great recession, and it dropped all the way to something close to zero and stayed there for a long period of time. Uh, approximately 2017-2018, uh, the Fed started normalizing uh, the interest rates again, and so the interest, the Fed funds rate climbed to about 2.5% uh, right before COVID. Then COVID hit, and we took interest rates back down to zero. Uh, the reason why I'm talking about this history is this long period of time where Fed funds rate was close to zero is an outlier. Uh, and, and and I contend that we're that we're starting to normalize rates again, uh, in, in addition to try to combat inflation. Uh, but the interest rates are heading in a direction uh, that's more similar to what we saw in 2007 before the Great Recession. If you look at the Fed funds rate in December uh, of 2022, it was 4.33%. Uh, as as you guys indicated, uh, the Fed's expecting that to increase to at least 5.1 uh, in 2023, uh, so approximately a 1% increase in 2023. Uh, you can relate the Fed. Funds rate to to uh, operating interest rates in, in agriculture. Uh, if you take the Fed funds rate and add three and a half four percent to that, you get you approximate over a long period of time uh, the operating interest rate in agriculture. And so, if we look at that five point one, uh, we add three and a half to four percent. That would suggest an operating interest rate of nine percent. There's another way of looking at the the potential operating interest rate, and that's like looking at the prime rate. Uh, in in uh, right now uh, in early January. Uh, the prime rate sitting at seven and a half percent. If the uh, if the Fed uh, increases the Fed funds rate another percent, that will probably push the prime to eight and a half. 
half. Uh, the typical difference between the operating interest rate and the prime, though this does vary over time, is one and a half percent. And so that suggests an interest rate of possible 10 percent. So I've given you a couple scenarios here uh, where operating interest rates could land between that nine and 10 percent. That's certainly a much, much different environment that we've seen for, you know, it's been a long time uh, since we've seen operating interest rates uh, over 9 percent. And that's where we're heading in 2023. Uh, Obviously, this impacts the uh, crop budgets and livestock budgets because operating interest is going to be substantially higher on those budgets, but it also has an impact on asset prices. Uh, as you increase interest rates, uh, it, it puts downward pressure on asset values, including farmland. One of the ways that appraisers value farmland is they take current cash rent or net return to land or an average over the last five years or so, and they divide that by what they call the capitalization rate. The capitalization rate is not tied directly to interest rates, but it's impacted by interest rates. And so as interest rates climb, the capitalization rate uh, tends to climb, uh, and that would put downward pressure on land values. Now, before uh, people get too excited about uh, land values going down, there is some there is obviously some uh, some forces that are that pushing land values up. Uh, right now, cash rent net return to land is pretty pretty good, uh, you know, particularly the last couple years. And so that's positive, very strong liquidity. Uh, and for a lot of farms, that's very positive for land values. Uh, inflation, uh, uh, land is a good hedge against inflation. So that's another positive factor, as well as interest from outside investors or institutional investors or, or just individuals in, in, in general, uh, you know, that are interested in, in, in uh, diversifying their portfolio uh, with farmland. And the only, the only point I make here is, is, is interest rates was a positive force for a long period of time. The low interest rates is a positive force for farmland. Now that's switching uh, where, where higher interest rates is actually going to be, uh, put some downward pressure on farmland prices. Yeah, so big point of clarification there. When you say downward pressure, that it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to see land values, uh, average land values here in Indiana go down in 2023 because there's counter-prevailing forces that are putting upward what, pressure. What, what it does mean is rather than the 30% that we saw in the last year or two, 30% increases, you you saw in, in several of the Corn Belt states last, uh, you know, last a, a couple of years, you're looking at something closer to 5%, 10%, maybe something that tracks inflation a little closer. Yeah, so that is, so I, I think the downward pressure on asset values is one of the key implications, uh, you know, in agriculture that, that we're seeing from these rising interest rates, you know, uh, and I'll ask Jason what he thinks is the, you know, some of the implications that we see of this new interest rate environment here in just a second. I, but first, you know, one of the things that I think is uh, a key implication from these interest rates is anytime you raise interest rates, this is impacting the, the value of the dollar. And, you know, as we know, agriculture is a key, you know, one of the key exporting sectors of our economy. Anytime our, our dollar strengthens, um, you know, this is going to impact international trade flows. Uh, it makes selling goods on the international market a little bit harder. It makes buying goods uh, on the international market a little bit uh, easier. So this may, you know, so you use the term downward pressure on asset values. I'll, I'll use the term downward pressure on input, uh, especially those input like crop protection and chemicals that we get from abroad. Um, now, I'm not saying that it'll we'll see decreasing prices per se, but it's going to put downward pressure because it's going to make the dollar um, a lot more valuable when we go to buy those goods from an international trade uh, perspective. Um, you know, I, I think other implications to, to the broader ag economy of this new interest rate environment, uh, 
I would encourage all farmers to take a, a hard look at uh, when you're doing new loans, thinking about variable versus fixed. Now, I'm not going to say one way or the other. I, I think I'm going to give the ultimate economist answer here and say it depends on if you should do variable versus fixed because it's really going to depend on the the terms of the loan in terms of how long it is for what you think that interest rate's going to environment is going to be five eight years from now um, but you know there could be some decisions there that you need to make and some risk considerations when you when you take on additional debt for your farm uh, and then the other thing I would advise all farmers is you know interest rates, Interest rate is the price of money. So that means that the price of money that you need to go get uh, additional assets on your farm has gone up. And I think that anytime this happens, uh, you probably need to think about a more targeted asset replacement plan for uh, your farm. Obviously, if you need a new tractor, you know, uh, go get that new tractor. But for other purposes, you may want to think about holding off on other asset uh uh, replacement, if you, if you can do that, because the price of it just went up with this new interest rate environment. Uh, Jason, I'll, I'll ask the kind of the same question to you. What do you think are some of the key implications, you know, or farmers should be thinking about with these higher interest rates? Yeah, so I think the first thing is uh, you know, higher interest rates means there's going to be um, challenge. Um, export challenges uh, because our goods are going to be more expensive um, out there. Um, but at the same time, that means inputs from uh, other countries are a little cheaper. So we're looking for purchasing um, over, overseas and coming in. And you'll see that in terms of economic numbers with the number of imports. We've had that over the last year. The second thing is, is that when you get higher interest rates uh, from a financial um, sector, you get a lot of money flowing into the United States. Some of it's going into the stock market, but I think you could see money flowing into the United States buying other Assets like land uh, might be an opportunity where you see others coming in, um, and you might be hearing uh, more conversations about foreign investors. I think over the over the next year it could be something that we hear more about of, of going on that. The ultimate thing is, I think, as we get higher, uh, for me, the higher interest rates in terms of farmland values is what's the you have downward pressure from interest rates higher interest rates put downward pressure. But inflation is that counterfailing factor of raising it up. And so does it, what's that balance between the two? Do they, does the Fed raise rates just enough to offset the upward pressure from inflation? Or um, that's a Goldilocks scenario, right? Or does it get to be too hot or too high or too low and that we get some of the things out of, the, out of balance? And I think that'll be the interesting part going forward of, of higher interest rates uh, versus the upward pressure in farmland values with inflation. Yeah, I think they're calling that that Goldilocks scenario, I think I've heard it referred to as the soft landing, right? Yep. The, the Fed hopes to get it just right so they don't raise it and you know obviously one of the the things that interest rate impacts is the is the labor market right and that's part of the fed's dual mandate uh, right now unemployment is extremely low you mentioned that and that's what's spurring that strong consumer spending that you talked about if they raise it too high they, they, we definitely don't want to go back to eight or nine percent unemployment that we saw, you know, in, uh, earlier, you know, a decade ago, mm -hmm. and and then you're just back to uh, the the two percent inflation, but now you have unemployment. So, yep, no, exactly. I think a lot of things happening with this higher interest rates. Um, 
you know, for the first time now in decades that maybe we get some returns uh, for fixed investment. <laughs> um, people that hold fixed investment assets that they've been waiting for a long time and get a better balance in terms of financial returns and, and some of those things um, in, in agriculture. But even CD rates and all of that it, that uh, some of our, our uh, agricultural producers hold as well. Yeah, I just renewed a CD uh, recently and it was 4% higher than, than when I put it in. 15 months ago. Yep. So that was that was that was pleasant. The, the bad news of that is the CD rate's still below inflation. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So no, I don't think it's really challenged. The the final thing that I think we have to think about is when you get higher interest rates, that increases the cost of money. And when you think about expansion and agriculture as a debt-based industry, it's going to have disproportionate of, of impacts on new and beginning farmers that are getting into the business that might not have the cash collateral or whatever you want to have, and so they're going to be using more debt financing on that. That means their cost of getting into the business and agriculture and growth opportunities are going to be more of a challenge for them. So you're going to get some differential impacts between um, farmers that are going to be using debt for growth or debt for investments and those that have cash on hand or more experienced or might own the farm outright and will be leveraging that type of collateral. And, and I want to go back to the ag economy barometer. One of the things that's that's really been really been impacting the ag economy barometer is uncertainty. We have uncertainty in crop prices, input prices, uh, and weather, as we always always have always have uncertainty related to weather. And then we've got the war in Ukraine and Russia. There's just a lot of things going on right now. And I want to go back to something that uh, uh, that you said earlier, Brady, uh, this is this is one of those times that you're you're probably sitting on some pretty good liquidity position yeah. uh, because 21 and 22 are really good. Be really cautious how you use that liquidity. Yes, it's tempting to use uh, chunks of that for down payments on assets, and I'm not saying that's not necessarily uh, the, the wise thing to do. Just just be very careful because you uh, one of the things when you have an uncertain environment is you want to hold quite a bit of liquidity uh, so you can uh, so you can uh, you you can make sure that you pay uh, term payments on principal. Uh, make sure you can cover uh, family living expenses. Uh, you know you know make sure that you you have enough money to cover depreciation some some of the, the payments on machinery and so uh, and, and so I just wanted to circle back and and reemphasize the importance of having a strong liquidity position in this environment. Especially considering the higher interest rates, it makes yes. it even more incentivizing yes. to try to avoid that that interest that higher interest payment to pay down on any asset you may be purchasing. Um, so that wraps up our discussion here. You know, in summary, thinking about interest rates, uh, interest rates are on the rise. The Fed thinks that uh, the Fed funds rate should increase about another 100 basis points, about another uh, 1% here in 2023. Uh, there's going to be a corresponding uh, rise in, in agricultural interest rates may be up to 9 or 10%. Um, definitely thinking about the trade flows and investment flows into and out of agriculture as some of the key implications here uh, that we will be monitoring here in 2023. This has been a summary of our panel discussion of the 2023 Top Farmer Conference. For, for, for more farm management news and economic information, visit us at the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture's website at purdue.edu backslash commercial ag. You can also find us on Twitter with the handle at PU Commercial Ag. On behalf of the Center for Commercial Agriculture here at Purdue University, we thank you for listening to today's episode.